Welcome to All's Fair in Lava and Floor. My name is Amanda. And I'm Anne. And we're here to bring you all the latest news about everybody's favorite show about their childhood games, The Floor is Lava. Nope. Again. I did it again. It's just <laughs> Floor is Lava, you guys. I don't know why. I just can't keep that straight. Maybe because it's silly. The the V is still slowly sinking into the lava of our brains. It is. That's yes. how that works. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like the stairs at the end of the course. Exactly. It's just slowly exactly. ratcheting down. And then, you know, by episode three or four, we'll just have an E maybe just sticking yeah. up that we can jump onto. Yeah, I'd say that by <laughs> the end of episode eight, we'll fully remember not to say Z. Um, so today we're here to discuss the first episode of Flora's Lava, and we have a wonderful guest with us. Yeah, um, my friend uh, Emily Cardamus and your friend also is yes. is on the call with us to talk about lava and and jumping and avoiding lava i can only be one person's friend at a time (laughs) no that's a joke okay good i thought you were gonna make us do an obstacle course to determine which one of us was more your friend maybe that whoever gets the most points uh in the shortest amount of time uh look this is i just watched this this morning so (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair to bring up that that you did volunteer to come on this podcast when you had not seen this show before. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks fun, you know, uh, and and I could use any excuse to watch like weird shows and have it not feel like I'm wasting time currently. Just mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, I'm doing it for a podcast. That's why I'm watching this extremely silly thing. That's fine. I'm doing this because I'm helping my friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I guess we're just going to kind of jump into more of like a, a recap to begin with. Is that, does Mm -hmm. that feel about right? Yeah, I think, you know, it's usually easier to talk about these things in sort of chronological order. So I guess spoiler, spoiler warning for the first episode of the show, (laughs) (laughs) just in case you've gotten this far without having seen it. Yeah, I think that as a rule, each episode is generally going to be about an episode of Floor is Lava. And so... If spoilers are a thing you're concerned about, I would say maybe watch that first every week. Mm -hmm. They're all out already. We will take far longer to put out episodes of this show than it will take you to watch it. Yes, we are not on the Netflix model. We will not drop all at once. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I'd like to kind of start out talking about the way this show tries to introduce its concept in this first episode. Mm -hmm. They really tried to hype the drama in a way that I was not (laughs) anticipating. Yeah, I mean, I sort of feel like they almost dropped maybe too much in this sort of supercut because I I thought about it when I was watching the first episode the first time of thinking, this is a lot of people falling into lava and I haven't started this episode yet. Oh, no, I've seen I've seen spoilers. But the good news is that you do not necessarily remember the identity of specific people who have fallen into lava or the fashion in which they have done so. So it does work out. It just it does just wind up setting the tone for the peril that is to come. And they also show you a few different rooms uh, before mm-hmm. you really get into it, which is nice. And then they just cut to uh, the host, Rutledge Wood, just sort of standing in a room being like, wow, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, so this guy seems cool. 
and utterly confused. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder what he had seen or how, how they actually set up the structure of, of him doing this commentary. I mean, I can tell you he was uh, he was one of the hosts on the American Top Gear, I believe. So I, I'm not oh. sure that if he did it for super long or not. I, I kind of fell off with that show, but I, I remember that he that he had gotten he had gotten one of the hosting gigs on that. And certainly, you know, if you're if you're used to kind of standing around in front of cars and saying cars go fast, I, I mean, I, I think maybe this was a fairly logical transition for him. <laughs> I, I was going to say there was a moment where they're like setting up the whole premise, and he's like, "Oh, and you'll get this prize, and you'll get to meet me." And I'm like, "I don't know who you are. Who are you?" Why should I care? Yeah, I'm like, oh, am I am I missing something really big right. here? Who who's this guy? Right. He's like, and you get to meet me. Right. I, I honestly, I have to appreciate the guts of doing that to just be like, before, before you are a beloved host, being like, I am a beloved host from this right. moment forward. I'm already beloved. <laughs> They also did mention, they're like, we've ruined the resale value on this house. And I'm like, maybe I would want to live in this house. You don't know me. Don't judge me like this already, show. It's been five minutes. This house has enough stuff in it that it looks pretty dope. Yeah. Like, right. I do not have Easter Island skulls in my uh, basement, but maybe I want some. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I remember in our episode zero that we were discussing not having like a sarcophagus with an alien in it in, in our basements. And I was thinking for a while when I did have a basement, I did have a pirate skeleton in my basement. Oh. So I'm just saying <laughs> it's not not necessarily an unrealistic home, depending on who owns it. Yeah, I guess it's just, you know, don't yuck anybody else is yum there were there was no lava in my basement it did flood once quite badly so that was that was fairly mm-hmm. similar i would say experientially but uh but not eighty thousand gallons of lava which is really a lot of lava yeah um let's uh kind of jump into talking about our first team a little bit and their i mean their extreme struggles with this game <laughs> which was wonderful so the the first team was a a group that was a family, right? Mm-hmm. So it was Shadi, who was the mom, and then Talia and Bryce, who were her twin children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were playing for college money. Although with $10,000 between two kids, that was going to be <laughs> maybe a semester's worth of pizza budget. I would think something like that. <laughs> well, and especially like after taxes, I they said like this is going to pay for college, and I was like, "Where are you going to college?" Because right. I should have gone there. Right. It's like maybe it would have paid for college if you invested it when they were children, and then, <laughs> and then like it would have grown. But you're no, you're paying for like two weeks. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in fairness, the twins did focus, I think, on this being. Like a family experience. This was their family time of trying to avoid falling into lava. This was a bonding experience before the the twins (laughs) went away to apparently separate colleges. Yeah, uh, I I specifically made note of that. I was like, I love the idea of doing something crazy like this as like your last all together family. Mm -hmm. Hoorah. Like it was adorable. (laughs) Uh, Um, Okay, so we end up in the room, right? After all of these little introductions and stuff. And this is the first time we're like getting eyes on this lava. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what this lava is made of. It looks like Nickelodeon slime, right? Like, but it's too liquidy. It's too water. It's like when you go to a mini golf course and like the the water is like unnaturally blue, but it's just (laughs) red instead. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Because there's no viscosity to it. It's water. I don't know. There seems to be some viscosity. Like, 
Yeah. It's definitely not water. I mean, you can you don't see it as much in um in these episodes, but I did I did notice like that it was it was a little strange on the steps and it didn't quite look like water and when they they you know, they first show them the room and they shoot those cannons up from under underneath the surface of the lava and it all shoots up. It doesn't quite look like water. So I can tell you that I did look this up. They did Hell spend yeah. quite a long time figuring out how to make the air quotes lava. Oh, my God. They spent probably the most time <laughs> developing that. And it is not just water. It's water. It's cornstarch. It's It's got dyes in it. It's got a number of things so that it is actually quite viscous. They compared it to uh, like orange sauce that you would get with Chinese food. So it, it and oh. you, can, you can see in later episodes when it beads on people's hair or their clothes that it's definitely not water. It's much, much slippery, more slippery than water. Um, and, and I assume that they probably consulted someone who had worked on something like Nickelodeon slime, because I think it is much more similar to that than it is to water. And apparently they use some kind of fluorescent dyes in it. So it does actually glow. Apparently, like that wasn't just completely fake. Wow, really? Yeah, but it's all proprietary. So they're not going to tell us exactly what's in it. Ugh. That oh, sounds man. vaguely toxic. Uh, I mean, I think they made sure that it was safe enough that you could get it on you and... <laughs> And maybe drink it a little bit and nothing really terrible was going to happen. I assume that the dyes are just, it, rather than it glowing specifically, that maybe it's like blacklight sensitive a little bit and they, they hid some some other lights in the set, something like along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be my guess. Because, um, yeah, I mean, every time someone falls into the lava, they make them submerge 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to go all the way under, which always blows my mind, because then they do some editing tricks to make it look like they never come back. (laughs) Right, right. I was about to ask, like, okay, so, like, do they just edit around that person coming out of that, and then they have to leave the room? Or is there, like, a weird secret (laughs) trapdoor underneath that, like, what is happening? Where did these people go? I think that that is going to be the, like series long question in my mind because (laughs) they the people are still doing the course it's timed right like they they don't seem like they're waiting for this person to swim away and yet you never see them again (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i mean presumably with editing they can stop the timer pull the person out safely and then they carry on i mean i I think we have to assume that it's something like that but at least certainly in the context of the first episode when you have very little time to think about how they were executing this it definitely feels like something really terrible has just happened to this person they have gone under and they have not come back i was gonna say the other thing is that like everyone definitely acts like someone died i mean i wonder if they're asked to play it up at all the producers claim that they have they never told people to be melodramatic that the people just did that on their own. <laughs> oh, that's... I want that to be true so badly. Because there's really some great acting chops that later <laughs> on in this episode. And I, I want that to be really true. So when Shadi and Talia and Bryce were doing this course, it was kind of the first we were seeing of any room. But, you know, especially the basement, which is what this was. And... I, I'm always going to be obsessed with how teams decide to like traverse the course, especially in that first few minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think they don't have a lot of time. I mean, they, they definitely the way they react, they have not seen this room before. They have probably not been told very much, if anything, about what they're supposed to do when they're when they're in it, aside from there's another door and you have to get to the door and, you you know, you can pull whatever you can push whatever, but probably pretty much all that they tell them. But I'm I'm always impressed when they walk into this enormous room because they specify in this first episode, it's 120 feet by 60 feet. That's huge. 
Um, yeah. They turn on these jets of lava. <laughs> you know, you probably can't <laughs> even see the whole room from where you're standing, I would think, given the size of it. You're certainly not able to see all of the obstacles because some of them are smaller and behind larger ones. Um, and, and somebody yeah. steps up and, and starts doing strategy because the, the daughter, um, Talia, just immediately says, look, there's this painting over here that we can use as a bridge. And, uh, you know, I have to give her a lot of credit for just immediately responding that way. I I do. I don't want to gloss over the thing that I initially wrote down of like, oh, are we doing this every time? Which is everyone yelling in time to the like uh, PA system <laughs> of everyone yelling lava at the same time. And I'm like, oh, is this... Is this uh, the thing we're doing? Okay, this is the thing. Okay, great. No, so, this is good. I love that. Thank you. Spoiler alert for a later episode, uh, which is b- very minor. Uh, they must not prep them for that either, necessarily, because there's <laughs> one group who goes, the f- it's like, the floor is, and they go, hot! <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I think about it good. every episode now. I'm just, it brings me so much joy, and I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i don't know what were what were the parts of this course that you think tripped them up the most that pyramid like not just the like i think collectively that pyramid was most people's downfall because yeah. you, you could not get off yeah. Of it. yeah i think i made a note at the end not a single person who ended up on that pyramid got off of it and lived yeah it's true <laughs> i mean it, it, yeah. it it's the it, it's like this this uh this artifact that just pulls everybody into the darkness, you know, it's like, yeah. it's very dangerous. I mean, and it also I think the the subtly dangerous thing about the pyramid is that the longer that you're on it, the more dangerous it becomes and the harder it becomes sure. to get off of it again, because of the way that you have to hold on and the position that you're in. It's really taxing on your upper and your lower body. And there's just no way to get any purchase to launch yourself onto another object. And so the mm-hmm. weaker you're getting, the harder that would become. But I think even if you did it almost instantaneously, it would be really hard. Yeah. I mean, Talia on that pyramid spent a great deal of that time saying, I'm going to fall and this is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like super big credit to her, though, just being like, yeah, I guess I'll throw myself into the yeah. obelisk to yeah. knock it down because right. we can't figure out another way. My only note is the most noble sacrifice. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I did start uh, because of Shadi's really hefty face plant after jumping off mm-hmm. of one of the uh, one of the Easter Island heads. I did start like a face plant counter, and I think I'm going <laughs> to keep that going for the whole show because there there definitely is a certain amount of like almost wipeout esque joy at people stumbling <laughs> and falling and 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 hitting their faces on things. Uh, so so that was uh, Mark one for the face plants. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they managed to finish like, I mean, pretty successfully, right? Yeah, they, they, they did it relatively quickly uh, after all of that. I, I also do want to note that some of the lines that, that everyone <laughs> says during this are incredible. Yeah. But one of the beautiful ones that I had to write down word for word was Bryce yelling at Shadi, Shadi like, uh, Mom, you do Pilates <laughs> for a reason. Do Pilates for like, a reason. The things that people say under duress <laughs> here are kind of incredible. Yeah. I think that it brings out like the the 
best part of some people who are like, I want to say something funny, but I'm kind of freaking yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think um, I remember tweeting that line when I watched the first episode. And I, like I paused it to tweet that. And I, I think that was that was the turning point for me with this show of like, oh, yes, no, I understand this because it's 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 like half half desperate, really, really high stakes competition and half just absurdity. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really is a weird mix between like Wipeout and American Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it feels like, <laughs> and uh, and I and I love it. Like because I wasn't sold on it when I started. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I don't know. It's a silly. Like it's just gonna be like Wipeout or like I don't know, like Guts, like the Aggro Crag or whatever. And then I was like, Oh no, actually, this is great, and I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> it definitely has some DNA, I would think, from from like legends of the hidden temple and, and guts there there's there's some mm-hmm. through line of that of the kind of not just being an obstacle course but being a little bit campy having that kind of weird indiana jones vibe too i mean the arc is definitely the indiana jones one for sure like one thousand <laughs> right. percent like just enough to not get sued um <laughs> and, and they, but then they also kind of throw in a little bit of escape room, a little bit of some other stuff, which is a, a nice twist. But I think it, I think it definitely, if you if you were a kid who was into those kinds of shows, it, it hits you right in a sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, so the second team that we had was also family. It was a set of triplets, mm-hmm. right? So identical triplets named identical triplets uh, named Alex, Sean, and Mitchell, uh, and. They were super not nice to their brother, Sean. Uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of the time being like, no, guys, Sean seems kind of cool. Can you not? Like, oh, geez. So I guess you know who's the middle child in my family. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Triplets got, with a middle child. That's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is such such the vibe. That is the exact vibe I got from it. Yeah. Was- I will say I I had this like weird turnabout with them of like they were on screen and they were all wearing those matching like America. American flag mm-hmm. tank tops. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to hate these guys. And then they started talking and I was like, just kidding. You're the best. <laughs> right. I, I wrote down first thing was bros, bros, bros. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then, yeah, like they started talking and goofing off. I was like, oh, you're delightful. Yes. Yeah, they're very, they're definitely very much hams. They're like gym bros, but also hams. They were great. I mean, one of the other solutions I wrote down that Mitch suggested suggested was uh, yell until something happens. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so the motto of 2020 is yell until something happens. (laughs) And the floor is, in fact, lava. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these guys had a lot of like little one-liners and quips oh, and yeah. stuff that they got out while they were going. Yeah, I did feel a little bit like maybe they were they were sort of angling for some sort of comedy career, like a sitcom maybe about the three of them being being identical triplets. <laughs> I, I will say among all those one-liners, there is a moment where one of them, and I do not remember which one, yells Kobe before jumping onto the arc. And Kobe isn't for jumps. It's for it's for making a basket. Well, I mean, it's it's saying something that these supposed bros uh got that wrong when you were like, excuse me. <laughs> I'm just a stickler for these sorts of things. Yeah. Uh I I liked the fact that uh they were they were kind of traversing the the course and were uh 
regularly like shouting out to each other and like making fun of each other for what they mm-hmm. were doing. Like they were at least interacting the whole time. Yeah, I think the, these guys were probably sort of the the ideal situation in a lot of ways because they were really strong, like buff dudes. And they were really going pretty aggressively at the course, I would say. They were not very hesitant for the most part about what they were doing. And they were doing that while shouting out a lot of one liners. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was impressive. I did notice uh, that there were a lot more bursts of lava uh, out of the mm-hmm. floor than there had been. Yeah, the there is 1000%. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have not confirmed this yet, but I'm absolutely convinced that there is a lava button that is shooting up these jets and that there is someone <laughs> whose job is to to make this happen at the most comedic or dramatic moment. <laughs> and right. then, oh my gosh. Yeah, it sounds I like know. the best job ever. <laughs> yeah. I I just wrote down like poor Sean on the yeah. pyramid. He was there for so he long. He was like trying to ride it like a pony, like <laughs> straddling it. <laughs> and he kept circling it yeah. too, like yeah. trying to find some kind of purchase and it's like, "Bud, you're not you're not gonna." I I did think that it was interesting that so Shadi tried so hard to knock the obelisk over with the staff. And from that angle, mm-hmm. it was like wiggling, but it wasn't really doing much. And they gave it what I would have thought looked like a relatively light tap, and it immediately went over. And I wondered whether, yeah. was that because of the angle he was at and because he was a big guy with a lot of upper body strength? Or did they modify this obstacle just a teensy <laughs> bit in between these two yeah. runs? But but I do think he was definitely like poking at it from the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like since the hinges at the bottom, it's like versus like like Shadi was definitely just kind of whacking yeah. at it. I think it. she was panicking <laughs> like, at that she... point and didn't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think she was probably she seemed pretty frantic about about Talia falling off the pyramid and and that would have been coming mm-hmm. relatively close to her. She definitely she shouted something I think when she was on the cargo net about that she'd already let one child fall and she wasn't going to lose another. Yes. Yeah. yes. So maybe those maternal instincts versus I don't really care what happens to my brothers in this moment maybe <laughs> maybe gave them an advantage. <laughs> That's fair. So Mitchell was the only one to actually get all the way across. And while he was being carted across, dude was doing pull-ups <laughs> on his cargo net. Yeah. And I was like, hey, guy, like, the, you're not done yet. It's not time to run a victory <laughs> lap. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if he was doing that, you know, just because he was, I think he was, he was nervous about the lava, like, touching his feet. And I noticed that they had said something earlier, which at the time I thought was a joke about um, the lava being hot. And I was like, it can't be. I mean, it's not hot, right? And like, it can't be like, hot. People it, go in it, it. They submerge yeah, in it. Yeah, but I mean, it, it any, if anything, it's warm. So I'm like, is it, was this a goof? Or was the, there just enough psychological su- suggestion of the concept of this being lava <laughs> that if it was anything above room temperature that you were like, oh, God, I'm going to be burned? Because he was pulling his, his lower body up so high away from it that he yeah. seemed very frightened of it. <laughs> It did make me think, like, I want to know if there is a very specific rule. There probably is of, like, if you get half submerged in it, but can, but you can recover, is that still an out? Because technically, you're, like, half of your body would have been burnt away to yeah. ash. I think the producers have given them a guideline about how much of you can fall into the lava before you're uh, out. Okay, I, think, I okay. think that's probably how it works. Fair enough. And we also have evidence, right, that there is a speaker piping into the room mm-hmm. uh, for them, yeah. right, from the, the shouting at the beginning. And so I think that there's also a chance for a producer to be like, nope, no, you, you got to yeah, go now. Yeah, but it does seem like people were given some sort of guideline of like, if it's if it's up to your your knee or something, you know, you're, you're in too far and you, you've got to go down. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the way this run ended was fascinating to me i felt like i looked away and suddenly it was Mm -hmm. over and i was so confused 
uh, I think it was Mitchell tries to get off and falls while Alex is operating the um, the wheel. And then Sean was trying mm. to figure out how to get off the pyramid and onto the obelisk so that he could try. And they spent a bunch of time strategizing. And then he just, with for, for no apparent reason, just kind of slides <laughs> off of the pyramid. I think he just, you know, he just hit at the wrong moment with his foot or something. And he just went. Yep. And that was it. Yeah. So, like, this one, it was because there was the, like, could not complete uh, failure, mm-hmm. essentially, where I, I had looked away when... Uh, the second brother fell and then suddenly it was just over i was like there's a guy just standing there can he not what oh no <laughs> i i do really appreciate the the theatrics of the no that he yeah. yells out like it is give that guy some kind of award because that was quite beautiful it was it was glorious uh and then we have our third team which was uh a group of youth pastors. <laughs> uh, so their names were Katie, Johnny, and Danny. And Dan- uh, Danny was the boss, right? Uh, who signed up the other two without them knowing? <laughs> but they seemed obviously they seemed cool with it. They were having fun. But I just thought that that was such a fascinating. Like, oh, we're all youth pastors. This is our boss, and he made us be here. <laughs> I, yeah, I enjoyed that as well. Although then Katie, by way of explaining, just sort of throws out like. We do a lot of office parkour. And I'm like, you can't just say that. Like, that's a thing that people do. <laughs> <Right>. What? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we just have like a 10 minute tangent in this episode to like a film of you guys yeah, doing exactly. that, please? I right. would like this. I know I've never worked in an like, office, but like, is this a thing? Does everybody do this? It's not. It's not. I've worked in several offices. It's never been a thing. <laughs> but they're here now. They're here now and they're going to do it. And, yeah. and of course, because they're youth pastors, we do have quite a number of Bible-themed jokes from the narrator, <laughs> which I was like, Come I really should have done a tally of like all of them oh. just to like really quantify <laughs> my exhaustion with it. But and they're youth pastors; they knew it was going to be like that. I think I think that you sign up yeah. for that for just being roasted. It's either by the the youth that you work with or somebody else. Uh, I I also like that uh, Danny at one point is shouting uh, as they're traversing the course and he, he goes, just don't mess up. <laughs> I was like, Good. oh, what great leadership. Golly. <laughs> uh, this team also seemed to use the pro strat of more than one person moving at yep, a time. Yep, right. A very good idea. <laughs> they, they were also pretty on top of it, I think, getting started. They were. Yeah. I mean, they did the climbing wall like relatively quickly while uh, while johnny and katie moved to the other side and started pursuing uh you know the the staff Mm -hmm. i think they were aiming for um and then uh danny being the one who ends up over by uh the easter island heads after a really long time decides to turn around and come back the other way but i can see why he backed out i mean i i i would i don't know that i personally would backtrack i think i would probably commit and just jump anyway and hope that it worked yeah, it's definitely fair. I also think that there was, we were definitely seeing on all of these obstacles, some question of shoes, because I think that yeah. uh, Shadi by far had the best sneakers, because you could tell, <laughs> there's a close-up at one point, you can tell that she's got like really good grip and texture, 
and that the sole is very flexible. And everybody else was basically wearing like running shoes or workout shoes. And those have very little texture on the bottoms. They don't have a whole lot of grip. Yeah, this is exactly why we needed to start this show, (laughs) Anne, was so you could bring us takes like, so let's talk about the shoes. Shoes The grip on your shoes is going to vary really widely, having for a little while lived in a very cold place. I definitely noticed the difference in the grip on your shoes. What were those shoes that were trendy for like two years where you could like, they had oh, individual yeah, yeah, toes, the toe shoes. like oh. then you could just be like a weird gecko, like <laughs> on all these optis- obstacles. Oh boy. I do not want to see somebody in those shoes running around. On yeah, I'd rather not, I think. <laughs> after, uh, after Danny doubled back, seemed like it actually was like relatively yeah. easy. So other than pulling that cord, which helps the path you're already on there didn't seem to be a lot of good important strategy to going the the way where you climbed along the wall yeah i mean i i was almost a little bit surprised that i mean i think again it may have had something to do with the angle so if you got to you know that there are ropes or or something they maybe told you there's there are things on the course that are going to happen if you like pull this rope if you put this thing in this other thing it's going to change the course and make it easier and you know that probably going in so you reach for this rope, right? And you see the sarcophagus fall. And I'm. I, it's interesting that no one pointed out that it was an alien mummy, but that's not really important. Um, <laughs> but but it seems like if you were going that way and that fell and you could see, okay, that's going to get me to these to these heads that you sort of I was a little bit surprised that that no one said like, oh, I don't think this is going to work. Because if you had gone back from there, you were only at the midpoint of the bug wall. So you wouldn't have lost very much time right. finding out that that was not really going to help you if you were to return then as opposed to getting halfway through the Easter Island heads and then turning back. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine having to be in that situation and trying to uh, anticipate, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, well, gosh, that looks a little too hard. I guess I'll turn around. Yeah. I mean, no, obviously, it's much easier for us like watching at home to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we'd seen we'd seen two other teams do the course, which they did not have the advantage of. Unrelatedly, but I will say I really did appreciate that basically every team, like Re, the staff, was like, what's that thing? I don't know. Let's take it. Like, I really just, I'm so glad about that, like, human adventure game, like, like, thing that we all have of like, I don't know what that's going to do, but I'm going to take it with me and maybe it'll be useful. (laughs) Who knows? I was was interested that they also, um, two of the teams here thought to use the painting like braced against the pyramid to make it easier to get onto it in the first place. So was it Katie ended up mm-hmm. on the pyramid mm-hmm. and uh, as, as we know, like rip pour one out um, that pyramid takes people. Yes. from you. <laughs> And they were trying really mm-hmm. hard to get off of it again with that. And I wonder if it might've worked if, if Katie had been able to somehow hold her position on the pyramid and hold this 30 pound painting, which was clearly impossible. If she hadn't Ooh, dropped right. it, could Gosh, she, have, so could she have gotten off safely? We'll never know. Yeah. I also I also made note because, uh, you know, Danny and Johnny both managed to mm-hmm. finish. And I made note here of like grabbing people by the legs and just sort of like carrying <laughs> yes. them in seems to be like a running theme here. It seems to be like the best, most pro strat. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's no way. The problem with that, that like pulley system that you're on is that like you can't get a good swing going. No. So it's like if you don't have someone out, like out there like able to grab you like you are going to your arms are going to give and you're going to fall. Yeah, like, especially yeah. because I, I hadn't noticed before the track for the net where it stops is further from the door than you would think it is. So you can just barely make mm-hmm. it to the second far. step 
And once that, well, yeah. well, I guess it's technically the first step. But so once that first step is under the lava, you can no longer make that jump, most likely, you're, and you're going to fall. So you definitely have to have somebody there at that point to pull you over. And then they managed to finish with two people, but did it slower. Yeah, just right? very slightly not- slower. Yes. And I don't think they specified, so it had to have been quite close. I will say I appreciated when they showed all three teams and like how many points they had that they like scorched <laughs> the like yes. middle like triplets team name and I'm like oh did you really have to do that like you know yes. they're already dead you don't have to like pour salt in the wound it does raise some interesting <laughs> questions about what happens to your third teammate if you can't if you can't complete like did were they expected to jump into the lava after you well. Sorry, Alex. I guess you're just going to have to swim. <laughs> right, a, maybe a producer comes out in a kayak or something. <laughs> yeah. So the the final like award scene. So they had the premise of like gathering each of the teams with Rutledge, uh, and then and then he goes, "Okay, ready, ready, you won." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing that got me, I understand that this is meant to look like someone's house, <laughs> right? Like yeah. this is a house but the front doors open after they're handed a lava lamp adorable (laughs) i love it uh and they walk out into i don't know the jungle (laughs) (laughs) just instantly like oh my god there's a lot of fake trees here okay yeah yeah man that lava lamp though like i was when we started i was like oh is this adult guts is that what we're doing here and i'm like is this your piece of the acro crag and it is and i was like yes thank you i'm here for it yeah, I, 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 I have to give credit to the person who came up with the concept and also the execution for this trophy that it's a lava lamp with a tiny volcano in it it's extremely good I was a little bit surprised that they just handed them the lava lamp and not also a, a briefcase that implied that it was full of ten thousand dollars, even right. though that's not how they would receive the prize, but just for the the vibe of it. This lava yeah. lamp is worth ten thousand dollars. <laughs> so I think one of the things we had talked about was asking our guests to tell us uh, their like celebrity dream team. If you could have anybody on the team oh. with you to traverse this course you get two people uh who do you think you would pick and also like which route do you think you would have taken like what role would you have played are you going to be our noble sacrifice on the pyramid or are you gonna like find somebody else to do that for you (laughs) and this is so difficult because the the thing i realized while watching is that i don't actually i'm not like as invested if people do well i'm more invested if it's funny (laughs) like i i was that's why i was like i was most invested in that second team because they were really funny so i was like okay it's like when you're like who do i want to do an escape room with right Um, exactly i have no physical (laughs) prowess at all so i would absolutely be the like i'll throw my body into the (laughs) obelisk so that you two can go on um celebrity is such a well it doesn't have to be a celebrity let's let's change it let's adjust if you could have any two people on your team who would you pick yeah i think it can be living or dead for that matter i mean i think you could i right. think you could really get wild with it if you want i mean i don't know about like kermit the frog or something might be kind of a weird one but well shoot now i want kermit the frog on my team i feel like ernest hemingway would be uh, fairly committed but i don't think it would go well and, and i don't think you'd want to i wouldn't would want him as a teammate well. either Oh God, he that man couldn't work together with anybody. No, he would he would just be the one like shouting at you about how you're doing it <laughs> wrong the whole time. Yeah. I, but not moving from the like from the steps at the beginning. I oh I feel like and maybe this is just because uh I just started watching The Witcher. <laughs> so I want Henry Cavill in character. <laughs> 
as Geralt, and I want, if Muppets are on the table, <laughs> I do want Gonzo with me. Because I feel like he's the most versatile Muppet. What a fascinating team that would be. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the like reductive one word description of your team would be oh, God. that they use. <laughs> Right? So we had the twins, the triplets, and the youth pastors. You got a witcher, a weirdo, and <laughs> I don't know. And Emily, the artist, right? Yes. So, um, so we would do, I don't know, just the weirdos or something. <laughs> that right? that the, works. That works. The I, witchy weirdos. I, I do also think my other answer to this is like the very like practical of like myself, uh, my my roommate M, who is like relatively strong and also just like hilarious to to be around, and then my my other friend uh, Liz, who is extremely tall, has wild energy that terrifies <laughs> me, and would be the person probably making terrifying jumps and <laughs> face planning. But that's not an exciting answer. <laughs> but I love them dearly, and I, I I think it would. I don't think we would complete the course, but I do think it would be like like a lovely catastrophe. Yeah. That's what this show wants and needs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I now want nothing more than to see the Muppets do Flora's Lava, especially. I mean, you know, their their jumps are unparalleled because you can right. really chuck a Muppet. I- <laughs> <laughs> All I can now picture is just Geralt, just like throwing, just throwing a Muppet. <laughs> Well, Emily, it was absolutely lovely to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so yeah, much thank fun. Thank you for descending into the lava. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and most things uh, at Corrupted Gem. So mostly I yell about garbage on the internet or post art because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> you can also uh, listen to, to me and also Anne on our podcast, Guilty Treasures, on uh, on wherever you find your podcasts. And I do a weekly slice of life autobiographical comic uh, called Steamed Veggies, which you can find on steamedveggiescomic.com. And I think that's all the things. Until you launch your Witcher podcast, right? Right, right. Your Witcher and Gonzo <laughs> podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to start writing this fanfic. Let's get it going. Uh Thank you to Dr. Popular for the use of his track Lava as our intro and outro. You can find more of his music on his Bandcamp, and we've linked that in the description below. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Emily, for coming on. And remember, all's fair in lava and floor. Floor! That was really not timed good. (laughs) Now it just sounds like you're really excited about floors and you're warning us about the floor. (laughs) 